The following sermon audio is from The Source Church in Plainfield, Illinois. More information about The Source Church can be found at www.thesourcechurch.life. Stand for the reading of God's Word this morning. We're in Psalm 107. It's a long one. You're going to be standing for a minute, just an FYI. (laughs) We're reading out of the ESV this morning, everyone. All right. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, and let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships, Doing business on the great waters, they saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven, they went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people, and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water. And there he lets the hungry dwell and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly and he does not let their livestock diminish. When they are diminished and brought low through oppression, evil and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes. 
but he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. This is the word of God. morning. How's everybody? This is yet so familiar, but yet kind of foreign. I haven't, <clears throat> I haven't stood at the, at the pulpit in uh, over a year, and I think it's four months, whatever. It was a year ago this past Father's Day, so um, yeah, it's good to be here. It's good to be able to speak God's word not my words, God's word to you guys, and hopefully it just fills us up with what we need individually. So if you'd pray with me. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. We are here, and we are here for a purpose. We are here to seek you, Lord. We seek to gain understanding through your word, Lord, for us as individuals and for us as a church body. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit, first of all, would speak through me. I don't have great words. I'm not eloquent in my speech, nor would I ever claim to be. Father, your word is sufficient to get across the message that you want to be received. Holy Spirit, use me, but speak through me. Pray that I would stand out of the way. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this church. Sometimes we don't see it in the day-to-day, but God, you're growing this church to be a light to this community. You're reaching the lost, to building up people and discipling them to be more like you, Jesus. Father, have your way with all of this through this message today, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Psalm 107, and it is, it's got some length to it, (laughs) Um, but after reading it and studying it, and several weeks now I've been just reading it, I prepped with a lot of word time, reading it, taking it in. And when you study the Word of God, it comes to you in, in kind of waves. You'll read something, and maybe if you read it a week later, it's like, oh, yeah, that, that's, that's grabbing me. So my hope is that you'll hear what God impressed on me. God hears our cry. This is the title of the message today. The first three verses... Is like a prayer of acknowledgement to our great God, to give him a thanks for who he is. It's an invocation because we need to thank him for his goodness. And sometimes we need that reminder. We go on in our day-to-day lives and we, we're doing our thing and, and we sometimes just forget, thank you, Lord, for the meal that I have. We do that. That seems to be a, a practice that most of us do, but just thank you for everything that I have, that my eyes and my ears can lay upon and hear God, thank you for your enduring love, your unwavering love. 
verse 2, that let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I kind of read this one through, and this might seem trivial to you all, but uh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's like I thought of a, an expression, if you're hungry, say so. You know, if, if, you're, if you're tired, just say so and go to bed, you know. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's for us who are in Christ. And if we are in Christ and we're believers in Jesus for what he has done on the cross alone for us by faith, say so. Speak it out. Share your faith. Be bold. Share that gospel of what Jesus has done in our lives. He's redeemed us. He has bought us back through his payment and his sacrifice on the cross. That's worthy of screaming out to the world around us and acknowledging who Jesus is in our lives. And he gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert places, it says, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. This wandering that we're talking about here is not like, and I thought about the state of India, which now I'm a resident of, which is still kind of odd to say. Wandering, not like journeying, not like, okay, I'm going to wander the state and check it out and, and see what's what. It's more of a wandering off the beaten path and becoming lost. Lost in our way, lost in our direction, lost in our sin. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Then in their sin, they find no way for a city to dwell in. There's no comfort. There's no peace. There's no, no serenity. And these who are coming from the gathered lands from the east and from the west, from the north and the south, there's reference here to the history of the Israelites being in captivity being exiled and then being called back. And they wandered. And they were hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. They cried to the Lord. This crying out is not just a call out. It's a crying out from your heart, your life center, your heart, where your, your thoughts and your will and your emotions reside. So much in Scripture speaks of the heart, the condition of the heart. Have you done something poorly? Have you done it with intentional malice? Or have you done something with the heart to gain somebody to Christ or the heart to, to be a kind person? There's so much about the heart that we see in Scripture. And God being faithful, he, as he always is, he delivers them. They cry out to the Lord, and he delivers them from their trouble. He delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way until they reached the city to dwell in. This first section is about, and it's broken down into like four sections here. This first section is about those who are lost. God hears our cry when we call out. He heard their cry, and relatively speaking, today he'll hear your cry. If you're in a situation, if you're living in a life that's just struggling, if you're struggling with condition and, and in your state uh, where you're, you're dealing with your sin, call out, cry out. God hears us. 
Do you remember a time when you called out, when you cried out to God? Maybe it was the point of salvation for some. Did you cry out to him? Maybe it wasn't so audible, but in your heart, were you crying out, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I didn't know that I needed you, but I need you. You are my Savior. I am this sinner that you speak of in your word. God hears your cry. He'll respond. He'll make your path straight. He'll make the way straight. He'll show you the straight way of righteousness through his word. Jesus is that way. He's the truth. He's the life. He satisfies. God is good. God is kind. He draws us in with gentle cords. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And for those who are, those who are in Christ, he'll also bring to us those ways of escape if we're in trouble, if we're in sin, if we are seeking him, if we follow him, if we trust him at his word alone. He satisfies. You find in Matthew 5 in the Beatitudes, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. God doesn't disappoint. He doesn't let you down. He satisfies if you seek him earnestly in your heart. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, he says, In everything give thanks such a tone throughout this whole psalm of giving thanks for what God has done, for what God will do in your life. We need to be people of thankfulness in our heart, giving thanks for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do you thank him enough? Do you thank him every day? He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in, a place of godliness to live in, let them thank the Lord, it says, for his steadfast love, that unwavering love to the wondrous works of the children of man, for he satisfies the longing soul and, he, and the hunger soul, the hungry soul he fills with good things. God is faithful to give us what we need. Not to say that in this life we won't have difficulty or challenge, that we won't go through things that are just almost way beyond what we can even comprehend. God will bring us through those times, but it's only, only the peace that we receive in those times is when we seek him out. First, for the unbeliever to seek him out for salvation, for a surrender of heart, a surrender of will, surrender of self, and ask God to fill them with the Holy Spirit that will lead them and instruct them and counsel them in how to live life and what is sin, what is not. Verse 10, it says, Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. This posture of sitting is, is a place of comfort. We're all sitting down right now, except for me, and you're, you're, you're comfortable. You're self-supportive. It's, it's kind of like self-reliance. These folks were sitting they're comfortable in their darkness, in this despair, this shadow of death. Prisoners in affliction, because of their affliction, or because, yeah, they're, they're prisoners because of their affliction. This group is basically speaking of prisoners. 
those who are caught up in their sin, prisoners because of. They got comfortable in the way that they were living. Darkness became a way of life. They're bound up in, in irons, this imagery here, irons, and then you go on further in, in that little block of scripture. Let me get back to where I was. Suffering also comes in the form of being held captive, being enslaved to sin, lost in sin. Romans 6 talks about we who are, we who are in Christ were once slaves to sin, which leads to death. But through Christ, we are set free from the bondage to sin, and we now have eternal life in him. Irons, shadow of death, darkness. This is desperation. An empty and feeble existence with no hope. No hope apart from Christ. No hope apart from God. Their misfortune is not by accident. It's because of their rebellion towards God. God in his word and in his truth they're rebellious. They intentionally turn from faith in the Lord, despising God's sovereignty, despising God's authority, and God breaks their rebellious spirit through labor. Verse 12, it says, so he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. I can relate to that, and some of us here who have labored in your lifetime Hard labor has an impact on yourself, but this is a little bit different. They bowed their hearts down. He, so he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help, a helplessness. In Eastern society, prisoners are often made to labor the entire day. And the rest of their day is, is just a little bit of food time and then sleep and rest but this laboring was to break them, to literally break their spirit, to humble them, so they'd be more of a submissive prisoner. Paul even referred to himself as a, as a prisoner to the Lord, but this was different. This is in Ephesians, one of the epistle, um, uh, one of the prison epistles where he was a labor, or he was a prisoner of the Lord for the Lord. This was very different, this kind of imprisonment. This is God forsaking them because they had forsaken them. God forsaken them because they had forsaken him. That backwards. But they cry out as well. They cry out to the Lord. And in their trouble, he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of the darkness. He brought them out of the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. God releases the prisoner if they call on Christ. And here, in historical context, when they called on God, God hears their cry. He releases them. God's not unattentive to our words, our prayers, our cries, our requests. He hears everything that we speak when we speak to him. And he answers it appropriately and proportionately. Do you cry out when life is really heavy? Do you really cry out? Are you just saying some sort of 
prayer because this is the time when I need to pray because things are, are really, you know, falling apart here. Do you really cry out from your heart? Are you really putting yourself in a posture of, God, I need you. I can't live without you. I need you. I'm crying out to you. Save me from my situation. He's able to release you from the life's troubles, whether it's depression or addiction or any other sort of particular sin struggle that you might be dealing with. God will also show you if you're a faithful believer, he'll show you. The Holy Spirit will convict you if you are in sin. He'll convict you, and he'll show you a way of escape, and it's following him through his word, through his people, building yourself up in his commands. God's able to do that. He hears the cries of his beloved. Let them thank the Lord, it says, for his steadfast love, for this unwavering love. As he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. God will crush it if you ask him to. It may not happen in your timing. It may not happen the way you think it should happen. It may not happen the way you think it should look. God will do what God wills to do. Verse 17, this next block is basically of sick people. Some are fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food. They drew near to the gates of death. Then they, this group, they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word, and he healed them. These folks were so deep in sin that they no longer found pleasure in something as basic as food. Have you ever been so bound up in stress or anxiety that you're, you're knotted up and you have no appetite? It's the only thing I could really think of that would make me understand. Take that feeling in our life and just kind of exponentially take it to the point where you're, you're loathing food and you're at the point of death. Miserable in your sin, miserable in your sin, desperate in your sin, and then finding your place where you call out to the Lord. And again, he delivered them from their distress, God being faithful in this earnest cry. Spurgeon said, when a sick soul has no appetite for the food of God's word, it shows that spiritual death is near. We need this word it's not just a book. Any other book that is written that you may have ever laid your eyes upon is just a book. And it may be a swell book, a great book, but this is literally the living word of God. It's Christ embodied in these pages, and it's hard still in this human form to comprehend. This is Jesus speaking to us, because Jesus is God. He is the word incarnate. He's the word on two legs. Moses said to the people, to the Israelites in Deuteronomy 30, this always spoke to me when I read this passage, and this is about a stubborn person, or a stubborn, stubborn group of people, rebellious, non-trusting, stubborn over and over again. And Moses says to the people, I call 
heaven and earth to witness against you today. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him, for he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. Real simple message here that Moses is speaking. Choose life. God brings life. Rebellion ultimately brings death, spiritual death. Verse 19 and 20. And cried to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their, from their destruction. Jesus himself simply healed people by speaking a word. See examples of that in Matthew 8 and Luke 7. The centurion, Roman soldier, told Jesus that his servant was sick and needed to be healed. Jesus offered to go to his house, and, and the centurion stopped him and said, you have authority. You don't need to go. Just speak the word. And so this is, of course, my, my vernacular here. Jesus spoke the word, and even from a distance, the servant was healed. Jesus is the word, and in him, Lord, in them is, is healing. His word is healing. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their, their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. I think of when we do worship, songs of joy, because this actually, psalms are songs. They're poetic, they're poems. But when we sing on a Sunday morning and we prep our heart, if you will, to receive what God speaks to us, we sing these songs with understanding that God is able God has already done the things that we, we, we sing and we, we acknowledge. And we sing it aloud so that our voice can be heard so that somebody else hears our voice for encouragement. And I hear voices and I see these people up here, Brett and Jenna today leading and Mark, and I'm like, they're worshiping. It affects me. Sing for joy, these songs of joy because of what he has done. And that is an offering of thanksgiving unto him. Let this always be a house of worship in all cases and especially in song. And some went down to the sea in ships, verse 23 doing business on great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. This group described here to help us understand this group is like sailors at sea, like merchants 
trying to gain their fortune, to do their thing, to make a living. They acknowledge God. They understand God's sovereignty, his power. They see the, the waves and what can happen and how God can, can make the waves of the sea. He can bring the storms and he can also calm them in a moment. Make no bones. This is God's doing. It's not Mother Nature. I just heard this recently, too. I thought this was noteworthy. Uh, Mother Nature. No, it's not Mother Nature. It's Father God. Anything that happens on this earth happens by God's doing or his allowing. He speaks and the waves obey. Matthew 8, verses 23 through 27. You find Jesus and his disciples in a boat. We all know this story. They're being thrashed by a great storm. And even when Jesus, though he's sleeping, is presented with the situation, and they have the Lord in their presence, though, though he is sleeping, they fear for their lives and they say, Lord, save us. And Jesus, he rebukes the winds and calms the storm. He does it with his word. He sees their heart. He sees the fear that they're in, and they ask of him, save us, Lord. As simple as that sometimes that we just need to cry out and wherever we are at in life, whether it is a moment reaching to God for salvation or just in our situation, save me, God. Save me, God. I heard a story years ago, um, Billy Graham, and he was in a situation where he, he would have men go before him when he went in to stay in a hotel room. And they make sure that there's nothing on the TV that he shouldn't lay eyes upon or nothing laying out that he shouldn't see that somebody might have left. And he saw something, and he said, save me, God. He asked for the Lord to save him from that situation, to make his heart and keep his heart pure and keep him clean. Us, covenantal people of God, when we're in relationship with him, and we ask of him, he hears us, he answers us appropriately. These sailors are so tossed about, they appear to be like drunken men. They're like drunken men. They weren't drunk, just to make that clear, and they were at their wit's end. There's nothing that they could do in their control. And then they cry out to the Lord, <laughs> and he delivers them from their distress. He makes the storms be still, and the waves of the sea hush, and they were glad that the waters were quiet. And he brought them to their desired haven. He delivers them safely to where they were going. Let them thank the Lord of his steadfast love for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him or praise him with enthusiasm in the congregation, in the gathering of people. And praise him in the assembly of the elders. They so wanted to praise him, they shared it with the elders as well so that the elders would see and hear testimony of God's goodness. From the people to the leaders, the whole gathering of people, of believers, were abreast of what God can do, what God did do, and what God will do. God is faithful. Verse, uh, verse 33, 
He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into a thirsty ground, into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert pool into pools, a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water. And there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish the city to dwell in, to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. God's blessing, and this is praiseworthy. Again, do we have the heart of praise? Do we cry out to God? Probably not as much as we should. Let this be a reminder to all of us of what God has done in our lives how he's brought us to this very day. My head spins when I think of what's happened in, in my own life and in my family's life in just the last 12 months. So much to process, but God has been so faithful. And there has been probably more crying out in this season for my own, in my own life, than in other seasons of my life. Crying out for healing. There was a moment before my surgery. I didn't, wasn't even going to share this, but I may have shared this with a few individuals, but the night before my surgery, I was, to use my own word, just tweaking. <laughs> um, afraid of what might or might not be the case. Um, I wasn't sure it was going to come off the table. So in that situation... Pam was kind of in the room we were in, off doing something else, and I was just with God. And I was just crying out to him, God, I, I, I want to make it. I want to I survive this. I want to be well. I don't like this anymore. It had been a few months of this going on. God gave me a peace instantly that it was a win-win situation for me. And if I was to die... that he would take care of my family and that most of all I would be standing in his presence and I wouldn't have any despair, no pain, no suffering, no sadness. And if he's to bring me back and heal me and I come off that table, then I get to live again and praise him again and thank him for getting me through it and getting us through it. God hears our cries. He's not a distant God, especially to the believer. He, he's literally right here. That Holy Spirit lives right within us. And I think we often forget that. He's with us everywhere. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And he waits to hear us call to him. He loves that. We were called to be in relationship with God. We were called to be in relationship with one another. Not ever by ourselves. Not ever just leave and don't have relationship. Just get a Sunday message and just leave. It's, that's not what God's called us to in the body of Christ. He deals with evil with justice 
and he blesses the hungry soul. He loves to bless his covenant kids. Verse 42 says, The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. Who are the upright? Who are the upright? Us who are in Christ. And I know some of us have trouble taking that in. Said, so did, you, did you know what I did last week? Do you know what my thoughts were yesterday? We're in relationship with Christ through, through his sacrifice. We're not perfect. We still have this flesh we drag around, this brain full of all kinds of stuff that this world pumps into it. We're not perfect. We fail. But this relationship we have is what saves us. It's what keeps us. And it's what keeps us coming back for more. Is your soul still hungry for Christ? Verse 43, whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. All who are wise will observe these things, basically is what it's saying, and they will understand the kindness of God. God is kind to us. He does not judge us on the, the infractions we do day in and day out as we should be judged. He's merciful. He's gracious. Fools rage against, against God, but the wise seek him and cry out to him. Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This proper view of God and his sovereignty, his power in our life and fools despise wisdom. We all probably know a few people who are very, very like, I don't need God. I don't want God. God's done nothing for me. He'll never do anything for me. I don't believe in God. That is a fool. Making no, mincing no words, that is a fool. And that person can be smart and wise in the eyes of humanity and, and, and this world and its standards, but that is a fool by God's standards. You think that you can do anything without God. You're riding the foolish tightrope. Romans chapter 8, verse 6 starts. It says, to set the mind on the flesh is death. To set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law, his word. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, who, you however, us believers, those who are in Christ by faith and faith alone for his finished work on the cross, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him.
if you're dealing with any kind of sickness, addiction, any sort of disease, physical affliction, emotional affliction, depression, full of anxiety, Christ is your answer. God is your answer. Call on him. Go to him. Stay with him. Not just for a season. Maybe this is the springboard to get you to be more of a deep follower of Christ, more of a committed follower of Christ, not just one who has taken as needed. So, Father, I just thank you. Thank you for this time. Father, I pray for those, as we've already stated, who are dealing with these conditions. In this room, we probably all have a condition. Some are in deeper need than others, but Lord, if you're dealing with sickness, addiction, depression, anxiety, cry out. Cry out from your heart, in your heart. Cry to him. Implore him for his help. Keep doing it. Keep calling out. Expect a miracle. Expect a healing. And we know and we understand God does what he wills. He'll do things in his timing. But in the process, God help us. God help us to keep seeking you, to keep trusting you at a deeper faith. And Lord, I know we went over this proverb as a memory verse a couple years ago, but your word says that we should trust in you with all of our heart. And we should not lean on our own understanding. Acknowledge you in all of our ways, and you will make our paths straight. You will lead us in the direction which is righteous according to your will. Father, bring healing where healing needs to happen. Deliverance where deliverance needs to happen. Wholeness, Lord. Lord, give us a right view of who you are. You're holy. You're perfect. You're righteous. You are sovereign. Everything happens that you allow to happen. Nothing passes in life that doesn't pass through your hands. You are in control. We trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. Hear our cries, we ask. We pray this in Jesus' name.